What is good, everybody? Welcome to another SB Nation NFL show. This is a special Thanksgiving Day extravaganza here on the SB Nation NFL show brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It is myself, Rob Stats Guerrera, and worlds are colliding for me because I have my two co-hosts that I work with here on the SB Nation NFL show, RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys and Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. What's up, gentlemen? Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Stats, I'll go first. I am... I think you're pretty narcissistic in saying that your worlds are colliding. Um, shout out to BLG, who on the podcast this week reminded you that he and I also co-host a show together. Um, so you're not the only one who is experiencing colliding world stats. Um, just so you know, it's not all about you. Uh, I think that we are right now the um, the office meme, Andy, Michael, and Dwight like pointing the finger guns at each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so BLG, I would like you to say who is who between the three of us. I'm Dwight. Glasses. Fair. Tall uh kind of crazy uh eccentric i think rj is actually michael and then i think that makes big win rob andy t's and p's stats i don't know if i should be happy or sad about that (laughs) you've never seen the office no i love the office no but andy's the you don't want to be andy in the in the group is yeah, his point probably true. So. <laughs> uh, before we get rolling here, I want to remind you we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. It's so special. That's code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. So here's what we're going to do today. We are going to preview the three games coming up on your Thanksgiving holiday. We'll break them all down, and then RJ and I are going to get to the rest of the games of Week 12 in the Look Ahead, which is going to come out tomorrow. So don't worry. You'll still get a preview of every game this weekend. Today is just going to be the three games. Maybe you're in your car traveling to your Thanksgiving. Maybe you're listening to us in a corner somewhere ignoring family. We are grateful. Nonetheless, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow this SB Nation NFL show. If you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it on the air. And let's get into it right away. Although, you know what? Before we do that, I'm, I'm sorry. I need to put the brakes on things. RJ wanted us all to come with a Thanksgiving Day fact on the show. He gave us a homework assignment, RJ. So since this was your idea, you lay it on us here. What's your Thanksgiving Day fact? Well, I clearly didn't um, have my message totally hit because I was sort of implying that there would be fun facts about the games or about people or things happening in the game. So we would sort of organically drop them in. Uh, But since you've ruined that, this is Thanksgiving. I know you losers don't know about it because your teams don't play on it every year. They're not special enough. Uh, It's a different sort of thing. You have a halftime show, bigger sort of property than, than a normal NFL game. You may or may not remember this kind of a trivia question. Ten years ago. The Detroit Lions announced their halftime show for their Thanksgiving Day game. This was 2011, and the city of Detroit, the people of Detroit Lions fans were pissed, and they actually started a petition to remove this performer from their halftime show. Can either of you name who this was prior to, again, the 2011 Thanksgiving Day game for the Detroit Lions? No shot, BLG. No. Anybody want to guess? No. What kind of genre are we talking about here? Alternative rock, I guess, if I'm if I'm being generous. Uh, Kid Rock? No, uh, but that would actually make sense. I mean, he's a Detroit guy. Like, that's, you know, this is Motown. That was kind of the the point uh, of the petition was, hey, we're, you know, birthplace of, of all this great music. Why would you have Nickelback perform mm. um, at halftime of oh. our game? Uh, so people were really <laughs> upset about this. BLG and I have actually talked about this before on the NFC's mixtape, which you can listen to on both the Block and the Boys and Bleeding Good Nation podcast networks. 
it's it's become too cool to hate Nickelback. They're fine. Like they have some great songs. You can no, admit it. Not. It doesn't make you a loser. I got into a thing with Nickelback. Did I ever tell you this? Wait, it's what? Not. <laughs> so when I was working at ESPN, they would have various guests from time to time. And one day at ESPN, Nickelback was just there on campus performing. Uh, and so I tweeted, just found out Nickelback is here. In equally exciting news, I got my email address at work changed from Robert Guerrera to Rob Guerrera. And apparently one of the members of Nickelback saw that, quote tweeted it, and gave me a thumbs up. So that, that was my Nickelback thing. I'm looking for this tweet. I don't see it. So maybe you're either lying or you've deleted the tweet. No, I didn't. Why would I? You think I would make up a tweet about Nickelback and my email I, name? I think you thought that my fun fact was super interesting and you wanted to steal my thunder. So <laughs> it is what it is. But that was my fun fact. It's related to the NFL and Thanksgiving. Uh, Big Sean is the halftime performer for the Detroit Lions this year, in case anybody's curious. I just want to say here that uh, the confusion that did uh, come about here, I'm on Stats' side. Uh, yes! This is the exact message that RJ sent. So I know this is a little 11th hour, but I think we should each have a Thanksgiving fun fact ready for the show tomorrow, question mark. That does not yeah. like tell me about like for each game. That is like, I'm like, I'm thinking you want me to tell you about like how many turkeys are eaten each or something. I'm willing to admit that it wasn't the like most you know detailed message i think like i this happens a lot and uh my wife hates it like i sort of say something but like i don't say everything that's in my head and so like <laughs> then i then like the results don't happen the way that i intended them to do but you know hey you know I, i'm sorry that y'all's fun facts won't be as cool as my blg tell us about your turkeys or whatever uh i don't know that that was just an example i did come up with three fun facts one is just about thanksgiving like you're probably gonna be oh this is stupid but I think it's interesting that Thanksgiving can happen between the 22nd and the 28th. Did you know that off the top of your head? That that is the specific yes. date range that Thanksgiving. It's could the happen. third Thursday in November. That makes complete okay. mathematical sense. But like, not everyone I feel like has that information off the top of their head. So if you didn't, there you go. The next two are way more interesting to me, and that is one: the Cowboys have never beaten the Eagles on Thanksgiving. The Eagles are two and zero, <laughs> undefeated. And the next one is the Eagles have one of the best Thanksgiving winning percentages in the NFL. They are six and one. They didn't lose on Thanksgiving until they got blown out by the Lions in 2015 in basically what was Chip Kelly's uh, like the beginning of the end for him. So there you go. That's pretty good. A little Homer-ish, but I still like it. I like the variety you came with there. Uh, mine really quick is that according to a recent Harris poll, 80% of Americans prefer Thanksgiving leftovers to the actual Thanksgiving meal which will be served later today. Yeah, I like that. That makes sense to me. Thanksgiving leftovers are all time good. What did y'all think of Matthew Judon's macaroni take? On, garbage. On, Terrible. What you're saying? The take is garbage, or or are you agree? The take with is him? garbage. He said it's it's noodles and cheese. Get it off the table. He hates macaroni and cheese. That's that's a garbage take. BLG and I were actually talking about this before we recorded the mixtape. Uh, Rachelle and I were talking about this before we recorded Monday Football Monday or streamed it. And I'm I'm just now learning that some people consider mac and cheese to be like a staple of Thanksgiving. Like that, I've I've never had it on, like in in my Thanksgiving life, except for the press box at AT and T Stadium, and and that is the best mac and cheese in the world. What a humble brag there from RJ. Oh, I've never had it except when I'm being treated to catered food at the Cowboys Stadium. It's like a it's like a truffle there. Like I mean, I I really I have a I have a picture somewhere on my phone. I'll I'll send it to you guys after this. But it it is incredible. Love. love. 
love a truffle mac cheese. Also, by the way, pet peeve, people use humble brag wrong, like, I feel like 100% of the time. No one's actually, people are just bragging. RJ was just basically just bragging. <laughs> I don't even think he's being humble about it. It's just bragging. Okay, so now that I'm being educated on humble brag, let's get into the actual games here. We'll start with the Bears at the Lions, and I feel like you can't talk about this game without talking about the report that came out this week that said Matt Nagy's going to be canned afterwards, which I think is just weird. Now, he denied it. But why would you, if you're going to fire somebody, first of all, Thanksgiving week, like fire them before the week starts. Don't let them be away from their families and then fire them after the game. If you're going to can Matt Nagy, can him now and let him at least enjoy Thanksgiving instead of getting his ass kicked on national television. You think he's going to get his ass kicked? There's a good chance. I think they're going to win. Like, so would you fire him after a win? That's even worse. So, like, none of yeah, this, this is awful by the Bears. It's tough to fire a head coach on a short week, though. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to fire him right after this game. Then it's like you're implementing a new co head coach or whatever and play caller in, in a matter of days. And also a new quarterback, too, or kind of switching back to the one you started the season with. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. What are you worried about? Another loss. It makes sense to me to do it on on the mini buy, right? Like we we've seen that a lot, which is yeah. why it's actually stupid that the Giants waited until after their buy to fire Jason Garrett. <laughs> do it on a short week, on a short week against the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad for Matt Nagy. Like that's really embarrassing. Like it's it's you always feel bad for the people when they're fired. I mean, it's embarrassing to like publicly be shamed like this. Um, but it's embarrassing that they're putting him through this. Like the fact that he had to answer a question in front of a room of human beings about his job security and potentially being fired after Thanksgiving is really, really embarrassing. I feel like, you know, you guys did a great job of trashing the Giants and the idea of them being this blue blood organization. The Bears low key put themselves in that mix, too. Right. Like we're mm -hmm. one of the founding fathers of the NFL. You're losers. I mean, you're you're an embarrassment. <laughs> uh, no pun intended there. And it's really sad for Matt Nagy that he has to go through this. I've seen Bears Reddit is saying they miss the Mark Tressman era, uh, like because of how all of this Jeez. is unfolded. Here's the thing with your Matt Nagy, though. Well, obviously, this year is not great, but like he's never had a losing season and he's made the playoffs in two out of his three years. Like just from a strict resume standpoint, he does not have a resume worthy of getting fired. I think the problem is his management, like players don't like him. He, he's not really great with the media. The handling of the quarterback situation has been terrible, but just purely from a results-driven standpoint, he's one of the more successful coaches the Bears have had, but it doesn't sound like he's going to get out of this season with that job, BLG. Do you think he deserves to get fired? I mean, I think he does, and I, he should have been gone after last season. Like, I think that was a very clear breaking point, and they also should have moved on from someone who I don't think gets enough heat because the head coach always gets you know a disproportionate amount, and that's Ryan Pace, who has not done a good job. Who's <laughs> like very much done a bad job, especially at the most important position. And this takes us back to the conversation we had when we were all together last year on the SB Nation NFL show, and everyone like oh my gosh the bears they won the draft they got justin fields how how did the bears outsmart everyone the bears they definitely know what they're doing at quarterback they've made great quarterback decisions it can't be possible that justin fields will be bad in the nfl oh wait actually that is what is happening so far i mean you can tell me he's shown some progress whatever i mean the numbers are really really bad it's really not like the most encouraging thing so uh, I think Nagy should be gone. I think Pace should be gone too. Like even if Justin Fields really flashes down the stretch, that that's not enough for me. Like it's it's time to move on from both of those guys. Yeah, a couple of things here. One, if your name is Ryan and you're a general manager in the NFL, generally not going to work out. Shout out Ryan Grigson, of course. Um, second, um, the pro Justin Fields take. 
um, that I helped author not aging well. In fact, I think one of the only things that Matt Nagin can, can kind of hang his head on is like, told y'all, you know what I mean? Like, I, I wanted to start Andy Dalton, and all you fans were like, no, go with the young guy. Like, you know, to your point, BLG, like, maybe Justin Fields develops further along in his career, but, I mean, is it like the stupidest thing in the world to right now say that he's not as functional of an NFL quarterback as Andy Dalton? No, but sometimes people hear that. They're like, that's so stupid. It's like, yeah, it's not. It's just the reality of the situation right now. Um, I think it's just stats like this. This whole thing is clunky, like, and you just have to move on. You have to purge yourself from it. To me, it reminds me of like, you ever like, you ever just feel like when you're cold outside and you're like, your face is like, you know like whipped from the wind and you're like you just you're like i can't wait to just shout like i can't wait to be home and get rid of all these like clothes that i'm wearing like i feel so clunky and like you know just stuck and trapped and and you're like maybe you're at a public event maybe like an nfl game and you're like this is miserable i can't wait until i i can just rid myself of all this excess and that's kind of like who the bears have been for a long time i mean what what redeeming quality does that team have like if i told you you can have anything that they have what would you would you like would you fight for anything like right now if i said stats blg you got to fight to the death over anything you want on the bears would you really like give it any energy no like honestly i can't think of a single thing i would take it seems like Mac is done right in chicago like he's hurt and he might not be back next year is this big cap number you could say like him in theory like okay alan robinson maybe but you know who isn't like necessarily you know at his best anymore maybe he could thrive in a different offense where the quarterback can actually throw the ball consistency but uh yeah it's I, I not... hate that take by the way Allen robinson chose chicago like everybody's always like free yeah. Allen robinson like i hate that take by the way oh yeah i'm not saying he doesn't deserve any blame i'm just saying like i think he could maybe be a little better um if he didn't make a bad choice um you know what what is it i mean is there any juice to this game at all really like we're spending time talking with the lions and bears and, and like I, what's the most interesting thing that could happen in this game the Lions winning, right? That's I guess. not even that wouldn't even be interesting. Like that would be sad. I'm saying the I most would, interesting thing. I saw this tweet from Trey Wingo. I don't know if either of you saw this. This was uh right before we started recording. Um he tweeted, How bad is this Thanksgiving Day matchup between the Lions and the Bears? Stats. Their combined record is three, sixteen, and one. The Bears enter on a five game losing streak and are actually favored. They have combined to throw fifteen touchdown passes all season. Tom Brady has 29 by himself. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Everybody loves to be like, the Patriots had such an easy road in the AFC East. Like, look at what the Packers have to deal with. Like, the Bears and Lions just, like, fall all over themselves every year. And yeah. for some reason, the NFL puts them on Thanksgiving every other year. It's Look, it's not a great game. We all know that. My question for the Lions from their perspective is, how long does this kind of honeymoon last, right? Dan Campbell, people like him. He says funny things during the press conferences. He got asked this week, you know, what kind of opportunity do you have for the team because it's their last game in prime time? And his response was, "What you mean the league's not going to flex us in later in the year? Like that's a good that's a good line, but like you can only get away with that stuff for so long. They're winless on the season. They're winless in their last fourteen games. I mean, how long does Dan Campbell kind of get a pass for this BLG? I would argue that they're not winless. I mean, the tie is half of a win." <laughs> They've won half of a win. Um, they've not actually won a full game, of course. I mean, it all comes back to the quarterback. And I, I really think it's hard to evaluate him. I think a lot of times it's a cop-out to be like, you know, oh, there isn't enough time to evaluate this person. They just need more time. But, I mean, it was very clear that this Lions roster, like, not only was it bad to begin with, but then, like, everyone got hurt. 
So then it's really bad. And Jared Goff is just, you know, obviously terrible. And Tim Boyle isn't doing anything uh, for you either. So uh, I don't know. They have to get a quarterback in here to at least get a sense of if, you know, this is actually the right operation. And, you know, look, they have these first round picks. Obviously, they're from the Rams. so They're not like super high and not as good as the one, let's say, that the Giants got. The Bears, which right now is currently slated to be seventh and might only continue to rise. Um, so good news for the Giants on that end. Um, but yeah, I, I just think there's not enough to evaluate the Lions yet. They got to get a quarterback and then that changes everything. The Lions are boring. Like the the Lions make the Bears interesting. That's the nicest thing I can say about this game. Um, I, what I, I guess the only like point of intrigue I have is, is this the last opportunity, real opportunity that, that Detroit has to like full out win a game? After this, they have Minnesota at home. I think we all agree that's a loss. Then they visit the biggest frauds in the world, the Denver Broncos. Then the Arizona mm. Cardinals. Then they're at Atlanta. Then they're at Seattle and Green Bay to finish it off. I believe they played Green Bay in the final game of the regular season when they went 0-16 in 2008 as well. Uh, so it would be poetic to a degree if they would go 0-16-1 at the hands of the Green Bay Packers again now in Week 18. Like, is maybe Atlanta. I mean, maybe. But, I mean, I... Atlanta stinks, but they're not Chicago. I mean, th- this is, you know, th- this is tough. This is just like, I feel for like, I feel for Detroit that they're like, man, we have to do this. Like, we, you know, like people are going to come and then like, we have to do all the like hokey Thanksgiving day, like, you know, things and whatever. Like, this is just, this is mean. They, you know, I, I feel bad for them. I don't. You get what you deserve in the NFL, and the Lions have been dumpster fire for a long time, so there you go. All right, let's stop talking about this game. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into Raiders Cowboys and Bills Saints on Thanksgiving. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show extravaganza. Okay, now we've gotten past the, you know, the appetizer here with Bears-Lions. Let's get into Raiders and your Cowboys, RJ. Cowboys are giving seven and a half points in this game. I don't know what to think about your team. Like just when I think they're, they're rolling again, they go out against the chiefs and they can't even score a friggin' touchdown. Like you can't even get a touchdown. And I know, I know Amari wasn't playing and then CD lamb got hurt, but you supposed to have an elite quarterback top two, top three in the league. He's certainly getting paid like it and you can't score a touchdown. He's got to be better than that, man. Yeah, I agree. Uh, BLG and I talked about this a lot, obviously, last week on the mixtape, and obviously I've, I've spoken a lot about this um, over the last couple of days. That's the you know, the great benefit to playing on a short week. Um, lots of content available on the Blog and the Voice podcast network. But And, and I, what I've said is, had they lost 19-17 to 17 or 24-26, you know, the, the lack of Amari, the lack of Tyron Smith, CD exiting after the first half would have been a little bit more understandable. You could have chalked the loss up to that and felt better about it. But, you know, you can't, you can't get shut out. Uh, as far as touchdowns are concerned, we actually had a debate on our roundtable show um, on Tuesday evening at Blog and the Boys, where we we kind of divvied up blame. Like, who do you blame more for what happened? Uh, Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott. We assigned some percentages, and we had a lot of guys who were like, you know, I put a majority on Kellen Moore. You got to find a way to out scheme. You got to find a way to outwork. And I said, no, like this is, you know, D- Dak is the guy. So I don't want like any question of like whether or not I believe that or anyone should believe that but if you're going to be the guy if you're going to be this highly paid if you're going to be in the mix of for mvp you want to be one of the top seeds in the nfc you want to make some noise like you have to be the reason you have to be you know the answer like with amari out with you know and that's the thing like people love to say that dak prescott sort of was unlocked as a quarterback when the cowboys traded for amari in 2018 and that does serve as this like kind of break point for where he evolved 
And so now you have to deal with, at least after this week, like, are you only that guy when Amari Cooper's on the field? Are you only that guy when Tyron Smith's on the field? And those are stupid questions, but right now they're fair. And so, you know, this is kind of like Atlanta. And I feel bad for the Raiders, too. They've obviously had an awful year um, due to off the field things. and, And we don't have to unpack all of that. But okay, Cowboys, you want to be legit? You know, yeah, this is an AFC team. You know, you you were dealt some, you know, unfortunate obstacles last week and, and whatnot. That happens. Everybody's had to deal with injuries and COVID cases and things like that. Go out and just I, – I, I, I don't need a win like Atlanta. It's a short week. Fine. Just get through. Get this win. Reset. And, and you play seven days from now on Thursday Night Football next week. Get this win. Stabilize the waters. Calm things down. Get to eight wins and just allow yourself some room to breathe. You don't have to go out and win 43 to 3. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know if they'll cover. Um, I'm, I wouldn't take that personally. It's not that I don't believe in them, but the short week of it all is a little bit of a wonky factor. So Derek Carr is struggling. Uh, you know, obviously the defense is having some issues too. The vibes are obviously off with the team as a whole, and it's a it's a weird team to analyze because of what's happened. Um, I think I, I was having this talk with uh, my podcast co-host on BGN Radio, uh, Jimmy Kemsky, about like you know kind of like contrasting the. You know, John Gruden situation, which I think is kind of more of like a rallying point potentially for the team. Like, hey, let's prove we can win without our jerk head coach who just, you know, did this really <laughs> terrible thing. And as opposed to, you know, the Henry Ruggs situation is just like very demoralizing. And I think, you know, really hard to kind of reconcile and and move forward with that during the season. So this is a really big game. Cowboys, like if the Cowboys lose this game and the Giants lose to the Eagles, which I think is, is very within the realm of possibility. The NFC East is suddenly, like, there's a conversation to be Like, can the Eagles actually maybe steal the NFC East? Again, don't think that's the likely outcome, because I think Dallas has enough here on their schedule that they're still going to be able to lock up the division. But it becomes like a conversation at that point where it really isn't necessarily right now. Um, so a lot of pressure on Dallas in this spot to win at home. I think they're going to do it because, again, the Raiders are kind of having struggles and kind of hard to have faith in them that they're going to turn it around. But, I mean, maybe kind of uh, overrating my confidence in the Cowboys, a team that's coming off of two bad games in their last three outings. The Raiders, I don't know what Raiders team is going to show up. The Raiders are 5-5. Five and five. In their five wins, they've scored 31 points a game. In their five losses, they've scored 13 points per game. So they're either like a really threatening team offensively or they're hideously bad offensively. Right now, it's been bad. They are just two for their last 16 on third down. Derek Carr is, you know, given fire and brimstone speeches, but I feel like he does that every season because the Raiders seem to to find themselves in this scenario, at least for the past few years. I think all of their problems are from the neck up on Derek Carr. If he just stayed aggressive and chucked the ball down the field, they'd be fine because he can spin it, but he's just not an aggressive guy by nature. And if there's one thing you can't change, I feel like, You can maybe take a guy who's too aggressive and rein him in a little, but if you have a guy that's too scared to to throw the ball down the field and take chances, he's never going to grow into that aggressive guy. And we've seen it with Derek Carr, RJ. That's just not who he is. This is a little bit unfair to Derek Carr, but I would, I would love to see the press conference of the team that Dan Campbell is coaching, acquiring Derek Carr and and like them speaking together. Cause like they would have, they have the same like kinds of speeches, these like empty, you know, to your point stats, like fire and brimstone, lots of analogies and and deep level thoughts and and emotions. But um, the results just aren't there. Again, I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than I do Dan Campbell's head coach, but I think I'll get my point. You know, it was impressive when they they came out and, and kind of, uh, you know, stopped the skid, you know, when, when, when everything happened again. And, and 
look, it's I, I mean, there's there's no precedent for all of this, but they they lose embarrassingly on on primetime and Sunday night football um, to the Kansas City Chiefs. And they see w- whatever hope they have against the, you know, at the AFC West title completely diminish. And, and, and then they have to deal with the like, well, we let these guys back in, you know, sort of vibes. And that's really off. And now last week they lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. So now they've lost a tiebreaker to a wild card team in the conference. Like and now they have to travel. I don't know that I put a lot of stock into it, but like being away from your family on Thanksgiving has to be difficult. And, and that's obviously, you know, something the Cowboys have never had to deal with, um, given that they play at home every year on the holiday. But I mean, like, it's just like th- th- this feels like, you know, the, the the like light on your car, like you have 25 miles to empty. You know what I mean? Like and they're arriving with that energy. And I just I don't I don't see it with them. I, I don't see how they, they, st- there are teams I think that are capable of, of stopping that emotional drainage and they just don't have that. And for fair reason, like, I don't think any of us are knocking them for that. They've been through an inordinate amount so far this year, but I, I just, I can't, be- they're probably the team I believe the least in that is, that is playing on Thanksgiving just because of the unique mm. circumstances that they've had to face so far this year. Again, I'm, I'm not like poking at that, but it is it is a lot. And I think they're all human and they've all had to deal with the emotional toll of everything that they've gone through over the last couple of months. I'm gonna make a guarantee and I know you said, you know, stats the questions or you have doubts about Derek Carr being able to air the ball down the field. But I don't know. Sean Jackson baby in AT&T Stadium. Uh this is probably yeah just, in, a, this, in a big this, moment. That's a great point. Yeah. You could totally see that. This is his first game back at that stadium, right? RJ, since week 16 last year when he did have that big touchdown. Uh, it was like an 80-yard touchdown from Jalen Hurts. And I was like, the, the Eagles got out to an early lead in Dallas. Um, who won that game, though? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm not yeah, I'm not saying like the Raiders are going to win the game. I would like to hear who won, just for the record, who won that game. Well, I'm saying I'm not going to say the Raiders are going to win the game because of it. But, but who won say, that you know, game week 16 last year? I'm not going to say the Raiders are going to win because of this play, just like <laughs> the Eagles didn't win last year. But I am going to say that – uh, I think there could be that big play. I think Deshaun, like, you know, I think he turns it up a little bit against the Cowboys because, you know, he played in the NFCs not only for the Eagles, obviously, but Washington as well. And obviously he knows it's a big, you know, primetime kind of moment against a high-profile team. I think, uh, you know, he'll be good for, like, that one touchdown and nothing else. But I do think that will happen. One thing the Raiders got to get straightened out on defense, they had three penalties on third-down stops last week that extended drives and led to 16 points for the Bengals. Like, Dallas doesn't need the help. <laughs> you got if you get a stop, you can't be giving it to him on penalties. And you know, I know Rich Passacci is is dealing with a lot, but that former team- Cowboys special teams coordinator Rich Passacci, by the way, his homecoming. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm- great. Get it straightened out, man. You don't coach the offense. You don't coach the defense. Like, figure it out. Yeah, I know you're the interim guy, but you're still the head guy now. The buck ultimately stops with you. You got to get that straightened out. Your team is not good enough to overcome those kind of stupid mistakes. Who do we think the Raiders should hire, by the way? Ah, uh, Doug Peterson. Absolutely. Yeah. Doug Peterson. Same. I will say one last thing on this. I think the Cowboys are going to win. I don't know that it will necessarily be with authority. It looks like Tyron Smith is going to play this game. Um, so we'll see. Again, that's at the time of this recording. But if the Cowboys lose, I think it's like in spectacularly embarrassing fashion. Like I, I don't think they lose on like a, a game winning field goal. And and if they lose, I think Max Crosby goes off. He really he has said many times he thought the Cowboys were going to draft him. So you could like you could just kind of see that, right? Like you you could see the like post game interview with Tracy Wolfson where he's like eating a turkey leg and he's like, <laughs> I, I want you know I wanted this one. You know I really thought this team was going to draft me, but I, I ended up in the place for me. We're building something special. You know, like I could I could see all of that. That's 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 the like timeline here if they lose. But I I ultimately think that 
maybe it's like a win ugly game. Like maybe it's a little closer than we would like Cowboys fans, at least at halftime, maybe the Cowboys kind of pull away in the third quarter and maybe ice it early on and then, you know, allow themselves to breathe. But I think getting through this short week with a win and and putting a stop to all the like conversations that you want to have BLG is, is what they really need. And then they can lock down and focus for, uh, for next Thursday against new Orleans. But just so you guys know, the football guys are out because the Cowboys love to, at this time of year, they'll refer to this as Sunday. They'll refer to Friday as Monday. They'll refer to Sunday as Tuesday, so on and so forth. They treat it like a normal, regular week for them because they play from Thursday to Thursday. Who cares? I mean, just I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I want people to know so that when next week when they see a weird Mike McCarthy quote and they're like, it's Wednesday and they're like, what the hell are you talking about, McCarthy? Yeah. The Nation NFL show guy. listener knows what's going on because I told them that's my job stats is to educate people. I don't know what you're doing around Ooh. here besides being charming and handsome. You know? I, I'm telling people not to waste their time worrying about what Mike McCarthy says. Uh, <laughs> next game up, last game of the triple header. Let's be honest. It's the best game. Bills at the Saints. Is it? Saints are getting six and a half points. I don't know who the hell is going to be out on the field for New Orleans. Trevor Simeon's going to be the quarterback. Alvin Kamara hasn't practiced all week. His knee's banged up. Mark Ingram's knee had some swelling, so he's kind of day-to-day. We could be looking at a game where Tony Jones is the primary running back for the Saints, BLG. They have lost three straight games, and I just can't see with the lock, uh, the lack of personnel that's going to be out there. Like, How are they going to right this ship? Yeah, uh, Adam Troutman, too, their tight end, like was one of the only players kind of having success in the Eagles game, and then he got hurt <laughs> late in the game. So they're just, they're like, they're missing their both of their starting tackles against Philly. Like, they're just really, and they're, they've already had some other offensive line issues, like Andrews Pete not playing. So they're just really banged up. And honestly, I think Sean Payton has done a good job of what limited talent they've had to work with. Now, again, I don't agree with their lack of quarterback decision. And also, what what are we? What is this Taysom Hill contract like coming out of nowhere? Like, <laughs> so like it's not even like he had a big game or anything. Like he 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 didn't even play against the Eagles, even though he was like active or whatever for the game. Like, just I don't know. Weird vibes in New Orleans right now. They're sliding. I think Simeon is actually like okay in that like he gives you a chance to win against like you know. A, a bad team, but uh, I just don't think that team has enough juice right now. But again, like, you know, Buffalo's struggling too. So uh, I don't have the, the utmost confidence in them, as we talked about on the off day debrief stats. You know, I dropped them out of the top 10, down to 12. Um, you know, RJ's bills are in a tough way right now. <laughs> I thought they were RJ and BLG's bills, uh, but it seems that only one of us has a true sense of loyalty. Um, Buffalo's skid has been going on for a while. And actually, BLG, you were the one that was like, I'm not worried about how they barely beat the Dolphins. You know, it's a division yeah. game. You know, you never know what that's going to mean. And they come out, they lay a stinker against the Jaguars. Respect to them. They bounce back. They beat the crap out of the Jets, just like everybody else in the world. Um, and, and last week was really concerning. I mean, like, it's one, like, it's, it's one thing to have ever made Carson Wentz look good. It's another thing to do it now. And I know he didn't really have a great game. I know it was the Jonathan Taylor phenomenon, but I'm I'm very worried about the Bills. And, like, I'm very worried about them in the sense, like, I think that they are I, not even the Chargers. I think that they're, they're, they're the Raiders of that division. They have let New England back. And I think that that is a big factor. I don't I – don't, buy into these types of things generally speaking but like i think that they are now panicking in that building because they're like we just you know like because because for like what like 
50 straight weeks they've been at the top of the AFC East, right? Like if you include the offseason, like it's it's been nothing but like this is the offseason. That's terrible. How are they supposed to lose no, it in the offseason? I actually hate that. People will be like, this is the first time. So like whatever's happening in like 383 days, it's like, yeah, well, the offseason is like, you know, most of that. But, but like, you just still, did that. I know. I wanted to sound cool and I thought you guys would be cool about it, but you ruined the whole moment and we had to go off on this tangent anyway. My point is, how many Bills fans do you guys think last year were like, this division is ours. We own this for the next decade. And so, like, they got into that, like, false sense of security. They lulled themselves to it, understandably so, given how last season went. And I think now there's there's panic. Now there's – there. You see, like, in games, you know, when a team goes down by multiple possessions, you, you can almost feel that quarterback trying to score 21 points on one drive. And I, I think that's how the Bills are going to come out. I think they're going to come out and try to just – win the division and and get rid of all the talk around the Patriots on Thursday night. And I don't think that happens. I think they're going to be in over their skis. I kind of think New Orleans is going to win this. No, I, I think the struggles with the bills stats. Have- I know you hate the saints, but like they, they're kind of tough, dude. I mean, they, they like BLG could tell you, they kind of made that game interesting against Philly They're They don't, they don't, it was 33 to seven going into the, yeah, they don't quarter. lay down and die. Yep. It was 33-7 going into the fourth quarter. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. – no. The Saints are not good. Trevor Simeon is not good. That's why he's the backup quarterback. Look, the Bills have struggled recently. They have nine turnovers in their last three weeks. They had their second lowest yardage output of the season last week against the Colts. The problem with them is close games. Last year in games decided by seven or fewer points, they were 4-1. and one. This year, they're 0-3. If they have even one win in those games, their record looks a lot better – They shouldn't be panicked at all. Yes, the Patriots are in first place, but they still have two games against New England, which is kind of cool that they haven't played the Patriots to this point this year. And they finish with the Falcons and Jets at home. So I I wouldn't panic yet if you're the Bills. Obviously, it's not great, but it doesn't matter who's in first place in week 12. It matters who's in first place at the end of the season. Josh Allen has been okay, and I still like him in a matchup with Mac Jones. Like, I'll still take the better quarterback. So there's no reason to panic if you're Buffalo. Kind of just taking a pulse of Bills fans. I kind of get a sense that they're, like, settling a little bit in terms of, like, okay, it's not, it's okay that we're not dominating the AFCs as long as, like, we kind of just make the playoffs and be good. Like, I don't love that mentality. I don't love that. Like, I, I get that making the, the postseason, in theory, like, matters above all else, but... I don't think that's that's not the right way to evaluate your team. Your team was supposed to be like potentially the number one seed, and they're in position to do that earlier this year. You can't just be like, oh, it's okay if that we're the seventh seed now. No, and obviously, I think there are a lot of Bills fans who aren't just happy with that. I don't want to speak for everyone there and say they're a monolith, but I've seen some of that like settling attitude, and I don't like that. Um, I don't know if the team, hopefully, the team doesn't embody that same attitude um, because like they should be disappointed. The expectations were rightfully higher. It's a team coming off the NFC or AFC championship game last year with a young quarterback who you, you know, you're hoping is ascending, maybe not be obviously as good as he was last year. Cause we all talked about how the accuracy, those numbers were just going to hold up, but still he's Josh Allen could be better than he's been. And that team as a whole is kind of a disappointment right now. So I do think they'll beat the saints just because again, I think the saints are, are missing a lot here. They just don't have the horses right now. I think it'll be a game. Uh, maybe the saints will find a way to cover, but I, I'm going to take Buffalo. 
so I took Buffalo on Monday football Monday. Um, cause like I've, I'm in, right. Like I've, I've been all in. And so, and I was talking to Pete and Pete is like, Mr. Man, if any, Pete is back, I mean, you know, Pete, Pete is all the way back with the chiefs winning a couple of games. So I was just kind of painting it into a corner here, but again, I like not to go back to the Cowboys, but like, I don't think anybody's really doubting that like Dak Prescott is this guy, but like the, the take is out there, right? Like, Oh, he got paid in the off season. And now, you know, he can't win a game with it. Amari Cooper, without Tyron Smith, Josh Allen got paid in the off season, got paid more than Dak Prescott. And on the whole of this season, and this pains me to say as somebody who has like been team bills, been team Josh Allen, like Josh Allen has not delivered. I mean, like, I, I think that that is a, a storyline that is really kind of floating under the radar here. It's the first time the Bills are playing in primetime in a long while. Everybody saw that Monday Night Football game against Tennessee, and I think we're willing to give them a pass because they were aggressive late in the game. Sometimes that doesn't work out in your favor, whatever. Sean McDermott's a great coach. They almost won this game. It's the Titans. No big deal. Nobody worry about this. Everybody also saw them thrash Kansas City a couple of weeks prior to that. So, now, if you go out and you just like even barely win, I mean, we've talked about this before, like not everybody watches every Bills game, like the takes will be out if if you don't win with some authority and people will start to chirp that New England is going to be there. And I, I think if any team is like sensitive to that, that's what I kind of meant by this. It's Buffalo stats, because if if they feel big brother lurking, I then it turns into like we these are the two most important games remaining on our season. And they are in, in some level of, of reality. But. I just – this is not a good look. I really would love to see – that this Saints team is not very good. Yes, respect. They don't lie down. They don't quit. But you should have your way with them, Buffalo. And if they don't, I think it's – you know, it's it's not time to, like, panic. But it is it is time to maybe say they are not among the very elite teams in the AFC, which I think you could already make that case for. I think your Patriots take would hold more water with me if Brady was still there. But the fact that Brady's gone, like it's not the same. I think that thing. makes it worse because I think that no. makes it like, oh man, like Brady's even gone, and it took them one year to get back and get on top of us again. I, I don't. I'm not willing to go that far. I'm not willing to like. I'm not afraid of the Patriots. Like people need to relax about the New England Patriots. Like it's not the same team. They've wow. won some games. Peter's yes, back. Kyle Shanahan won a couple of games, and you're congratulations, back Patriots. Like you're playing fine, but like. I'm not, I don't think that the big teams in the AFC are shaking their boots about the New England Patriots. I really, really don't. So let's just, let's just see. Buffalo needs to go out and handle their business. Don't throw interceptions. And if you're going to go for it on fourth down, which I generally support, they've got to be better. They're just three of 10 on fourth down Ooh. this year. Like you said, RJ, sometimes, you know, you don't convert those and, and the game totally flips and can look a lot worse than it actually was. So just handle your business, Buffalo. Like, and, and I think all the takes and the panic will quiet down. Just go out beat the saints beat trevor simeon a team that you should beat and you'll be just just fine all right all right that's going to do it for our football conversation on this show but we can't we can't get out of here without talking a little thanksgiving food so before we go what is the one food rj that will always be on your table on thanksgiving that you would fight tooth and nail to stick up for if someone wanted to get rid of what a lame question man we could have made this so much cooler um <laughs> I I will I love my favorite part of it is the rolls. Shout out to my aunt Linda, mm. uh, my auntie Linda, uh, makes the best Thanksgiving rolls better than than your aunt or your you know whoever's making your Thanksgiving meals. Not just you two, but whoever's listening. Um, aunt Linda's the goat, and I I mean rolls are the best. Like I will legit through my meal put down like eight rolls. Um, that's how I roll. No pun intended. No, you definitely intended that pun. That was not. I really did not. Um, if you say no pun intended, you intended the pun. 
No, I just realized in that microscopic second, because my brain is so powerful, that I incidentally, accidentally said something clever. And so I wanted to let you know that I'm just naturally that clever. I didn't purposely mean to be that clever. So what's the move with the rolls? Are you buttering all these? Are you like dipping them in like gravy or like like no she like straight my up? aunt my aunt butters them like and then like just butter on the top and then slaps them in the oven bakes them and then this is the like vet move you put them in a bowl with a towel wrapped around them you know what I'm saying to trap all the heat in and then they're absorbed like as you eat one the others are absorbing more like yeah exactly I have a take about Thanksgiving food that is known among some people that know me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an overrated food as a, a like a, a category. And uh, my supporting thesis for that is like, if it was so good, we eat this food more than once a year. Um, I think a lot of it isn't amazing. I will say, and maybe a question for you after I, I, I get explaining through it here. Like, have you ever had a dish that like you've had from maybe like a family member that you've kind of been like chasing ever since? Like, like your aunt maybe like made this really good thing one time, but then like she doesn't necessarily make it every year, but you had it and it was so good. And you're like, I wish like I could just have that again. It was so good. And the example I think of is when my aunt Deanna one time made these like creamed, not cream, like cream cheese, mashed potatoes somehow. It was like cream cheese somehow involved and they were so good. And my mouth is watering <laughs> right now just thinking of that. And I wish I could have those for Thanksgiving this year. Uh, I love potatoes really in all forms. So I kind of have to go with mashed potatoes, but I, I think mashed potatoes by themselves can be a little boring. So if you add cream cheese, you kind of, you know, kind of spruce them up somehow. You make it more exciting. I'm all about that. Am I the only person here that has lasagna on Thanksgiving every year? That's <laughs> making this up. There's no way that's a real. Thing. Not only do we have th- lasagna on Thanksgiving every year, like everyone in the entire family looks forward to it. My Aunt Jan makes it. It is unbelievably good. And, you know, it's the Italian family, I guess. We got to yeah. have, you know, we can't have a holiday and not have some sort of pasta. So we is go it, lasagna first. Is it like real, like normal lasagna? Or is this one of those like, like that Thanksgiving pizza that we saw that had no, like turkey no, in no. it? Like, so it's a, like actual, like regular lasagna. Ground beef, cheese, sauce, the whole nine yards. And it's amazingly good. And I don't know if it's just an Italian thing or what, but we cannot have Thanksgiving in my family without lasagna. See, this um, is, I, I like this a lot because this is why I have a problem with Thanksgiving, like like traditional Thanksgiving with turkey and stuffing and everything. I think Thanksgiving should be like different foods, different years. It shouldn't be literally the same food every year. That gets boring to me. I think there should be. So for me, not Italian here stats um, to kind of have that one year. Like if we had like a Thanksgiving where there was like a bunch of different kind of Italian foods, like, you know, a lasagna and gnocchi and whatever, like just a big kind of like buffet. of Italian, Like I would like that as a Thanksgiving one year. So you guys just want a potluck. That's all you want. Like, you know, that's, yeah, that's but like, funny. yes, I do. But like on Thanksgiving and change it up. It shouldn't be the same thing literally every year. Can I ask a question or is this a statocracy? Go ahead. Um, what are you going to do? Uh, it could be th- Thursday or Friday night when you like sit down to relax when the football is over. Like, is it a leftover situation for you? Is it a dessert situation? Are you watching a movie? Do you have like a, a family tradition? Are you decorating for Christmas? But like, that's a nice sweet spot Um, when, when you, you know, when, maybe stats for you when the kids go to bed, you, you having a nightcap, like it's it's a holiday night. There's 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 a that, that's a re- really great vibe. The like holiday night entering the weekend. Um, so I'm curious, like if you have any special plans, if you have a tradition, maybe you don't have anything planned. It's up to you. It's, you know. 
Well, first of all, I'll be doing the SB Nation NFL show daily kickoff on Thanksgiving night. So some of us actually have work to do. Right. Um, I will not be working at all on Thanksgiving. No, you well. you won't. You you're known for not working at all. Uh, if you're gonna throw on a movie, throw on the best Thanksgiving movie of all time, and that is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Steve Martin and John Candy. If you have not seen it, you must go and watch it. It's just flat out hilarious, and it is the best Thanksgiving movie of all time. Not not good for the kids. There's some language in there for sure. But mm. definitely go check that out if you have time to watch a movie on Thanksgiving night. Speaking of, on the subject of that movie, uh, shout out to Rick Bobby on Twitter at Rick underscore Bobby, um, who Rich tweeted Bobby? Rich Bobby. Excuse me. Actually, let me re- redo that. Why, why don't you just? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Rich Bobby on Twitter, who tweeted at all of us um, that he was going to set things up with his family uh, to listen to this show, not to watch the movie that you just mentioned, Stats. So uh, great job by you, Stats, outlining hypotheticals that you actually won't be partaking in. BLG, could you answer the question properly, please? What was the question? <laughs> what you're going to be doing on Thursday or Friday night. Do you have any like fun plans? You're going to watch a movie. You're going to relax. You're going to chill. You're going to, you know, whatever. It's a good question. I don't know okay. yet. I'm up in the air. So I'm I, my mom sent me a text this morning about how like apparently some kind of like work going on with like pipes and we might not have water. Um, so really interesting oh. dynamic here. Yeah, to find out for like right like today ahead of on Wednesday is recording ahead of Thanksgiving. So I I don't fully know. One thing I'll be doing before Thanksgiving on Thursday is I'm gonna go disoffing slash frothing uh, with my dad in the morning. So it'll be fun. After Thanksgiving things, I don't know yet. Probably going to be watching football. I'm definitely going to have some pumpkin pie. And, uh, you know, maybe just try to take it easy on Friday. I feel like BLG being seven feet tall is an unfair advantage in disc golf. Is that <laughs> is that just me? I don't know. I feel like it's what? easier for you if you're taller. Why would well, that be? What? Well, like, think about, like, baseball. Like, you have more leverage. You know, you can, like, generate, in theory, more, like, I don't know, torque or whatever, whatever kind of sports science thing that's relevant. Um, I'm not actually good at disc golf, to be clear, so it is not an advantage for me. Uh, I'm kind of <laughs> just getting back into playing it after. I used to play it a little bit. Um, so not actually good, but uh, it's fun. It's a good It's a good thing to play. All okay. right, that's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. We thank you for listening. As always, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL Show. You take the time to leave a review. We will take the time to read it on the show. It really does help new people discover us. So if you like the show and you're still listening, so obviously you do, that is the best thing you can do for us. For RJ Ochoa and Brandon Lee Gowden, I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everybody. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.